0: Welcome to a special edition of the In the Money Players Podcast. Very excited to announce that we have a new partner, and it's Tampa Bay Downs a track that I have followed for a long time. Thrilled to have them on board. We'll be covering the biggest racing days throughout the meet, and we wanted to start things off with a meet preview. And the, the people that I wanted to reach out to at the very top of that list was the next voice you're about to hear—a man who you know from uh, his own. Podcasting, the work he does behind the mic at Tampa and elsewhere, Jason Beam. Jason, how are things,
1: Pete? It's good to uh, be back with you. It's, it's been a while. I feel like
0: I know it's been too long. We need to do this. We need to do the the, the home and home podcast appearances more. <laughs> it's, it's I, I
1: feel like we used to do we did that at least once or twice, where it was like you know I'd have you on and then a month later kind of thing. I never I never thought of the home and home term, but that's accurate. <laughs>
0: the idea that's the idea of it yeah. well let's just start with a very general question about you and and you know you had a very successful First year at Tampa, I speak as, you know, somebody who enjoyed your calls as a better and also, you know, getting to sort of almost kind of work with you through the work that I do at Sky Sports Racing in Mm -hmm. the UK. But how was the experience for you? Did you, did you, did you, were you having as much fun as it sounded like?
1: Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been very good. It's, it's such a long meet that it, it, you know, I've, I've kind of, until, you know, the last several years, I kind of had been working. Shorter, you know, colonial is not very long. I was at Monmouth for for chunks during the year and then grants Pass. So, um, you know, doing the long meet here was a, a little bit of an adjustment, just in the sense that it's a little more of a day to day thing. But yeah, the, the weather's so good. And one nice thing about here, and it really helps, I think, with the longer meet is we get good crowds still on track. And you know, you walk in on a given day, even, you know, Wednesdays are supposed to be our quietest day, but it's free admission that day. So there's more people. And, uh, it just, it helps create a fun atmosphere, the weather being good. And, you know, my first year it was like, everything was so new. And then last year, it was, you know, like, okay, I kind of knew what to expect and, and settled in. And so for year number three, I'm uh, hoping that it's uh, just more of that. And every year is a little different. Uh, you know, one of our, our stewards passed away this off season who I was kind of close with. And so I'm, he was kind of the guy I always chatted with between races. So things will be a little different uh, upstairs uh, just for me personally. But uh, on the track, hopefully things are different and that just uh, field size looks very strong and there's some more purse money and, uh, and you know, hopefully the racing uh, will uh, follow that trajectory.
0: The added purse money has definitely led to a lot of new faces. We'll get into yep. the specifics of that in a later segment of the show. We've got Rich Averill who's going to be joining us in in a little bit. But I, I want to give you a chance to, to shout out your your friend a little bit more uh, who, who passed away. Give us give us the lowdown. Let's pay a little bit oh. of tribute to somebody who sounds like they were a great ally for
1: you. Yeah, Dennis Lima, he was a lo- he was steward here. I want to say since right around oh man, 2000 I think it was, but a longtime steward at Delaware as well and just a, a total character. I mean, one, one of the things with with Richard Grunder retiring, Richard was like very good friends with all the stewards. They're all kind of, you know, in the same age range and they they're just all kind of characters uh and funny guys and stuff like that and so uh, i'll never forget dennis came over the first the first day to me and he goes you know i I haven't heard your calls i'm assuming you're gonna do great he goes i will know one thing though he goes the spanish pronunciations will be better (laughs) Grunter is one of my absolute oh everybody i mean yeah and uh dennis dennis and him were just very close i actually talked to richard after dennis passed and uh you know told some stories about you know even you know even as dennis because dennis had an illness and it was it was you know it was only a couple of months so it wasn't uh a long drawn out thing but he you know Richard was kind of telling stories of uh, you know them busting each other's chops even uh up until the end and so uh yeah he was he was just <clears throat> excuse me he was a, just a very very fun guy and, and a good guy and kind of the the steerer of the ship up there so I'm curious to you know we have a new steward now and I'm kind of curious to see how it'll be just because you know I don't interact a ton with the stewards other than obviously inquiries and, and announcements and stuff but uh everybody kind of Flows a little different at every track, so that'll be that'll be new.
0: Let's go over some of the high points of the meet in terms of you know you have this launch now ahead of Thanksgiving, and then racing continues apace through the end of the year. But obviously, the big days come when the, when the calendar turns. Yeah. Just love to get a little bit of an overview of what the, the ebb and flow of things are going to be like.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think like a lot of tracks this time of year, the uh, the two-year-olds now turning 3 year old series are kind of the the centerpiece. And, and those actually start for us technically here in, in week two on December 2nd, the uh, uh, inaugural and in the Sandpiper Stakes. But those are six furlong sprints for two-year-olds. I mean, obviously, as, as things get going, the Pasco and the Gasparilla are seven furlongs for the newly turned three-year-olds in January. That's on uh, January 13th. And that always feels like when that trail Really, kind of starts, um, you know, seven eights, uh for those horses. You, you know, you're still getting some of the sprinters and stuff. But we've had some good horses running the uh, the Pasco and Gasparilla uh, over the last couple of years. Sam Davis is usually the second uh, Saturday in February. I believe that's it's February 10th this year, and then uh, four weeks later will be the uh, Tampa Bay Derby in uh, in March. We also have a little uh it's turf festival day we call it it's uh february 3rd this year it's always the week before the sam davis or at least it has been since i got there they moved the endeavor and the tampa bay stakes uh up a week so we get a pair of grade threes uh, on the grass and the last couple of years those have produced some really nice horses i believe Bleecker street won the endeavor uh yep. back my first year and so that uh, sounds that, right, that sounds yeah. right. that's
0: yeah we're going to be focusing much of our racing coverage. Um, obviously around those big days that we're going to be doing with you guys. But just wanted to, to set up the flow. And, and what's the racing calendar week week by week starting now?
1: It's uh, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday for the first month. I think Christmas week or the week right after Christmas, Sundays get uh, dropped in. And so we, we go from three days a week for I think the first five weeks and then add that fourth day. And then pretty much from there on out, it's uh, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think we take Easter Sunday off. And I think maybe the last week, there might they might drop one of the day i forget how how it works towards the end there but um, for, for for the general uh chunk of the season january february march and april it'll all be a uh, wednesday friday saturday sunday and usually at or around twelve thirty, they they kind of mix and match the first post time kind of depending on who else is running out there and it's 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 one of those things i really like about our management here is is mr barubi is very uh, active as far as putting us in the right positions to to have maximize handle and also you know be away from the other tracks it's it's such a thing that i think horse players appreciate and sometimes i feel like people get annoyed by the first post moving around but i'm like you know this is what we need we need to do and what's better for you guys too eventually Exactly. And I think that's really important to be able to have a track you can rely
0: on post times. I mean, I'd, I'd rather have the uncertainty happen ahead of time than yeah. on the day, which is obviously, you know, could be very, very frustrating for players. And well, it's funny as a, as
1: a horse player too, I feel like I never pay attention to like what time the post time is for like the seventh or eighth race on a card because I just know when the first one is and essentially I'm going to be playing all throughout the day, right? But uh, I know some people that's not the case for them and they get mad if, if a race goes early or something, which I guess I get, but I feel like I never pay attention to any other post time other than the first one.
0: <laughs> yes once you get into the flow of the day yeah. that's it. I want to talk generally about Tampa um, because it's a place that we know uh, you know a lot of horse players plan their years around uh, for various reasons. We know a lot of trainers, even people stable at Gulfstream will yep. ship horses over because they're so fond of the the dirt and turf tracks. But I wanted to ask you from your perspective, what makes Tampa a special place?
1: Well, I think it's I mean, it's still one of the only family owned tracks uh, out there. I, I think right. maybe with the exception of Hawthorne. I mean, I really can't think of any that Oclan, aren't. Owned by, I guess What's that? Oaklawn. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, uh, you know, I, I think there is a. A charm to that when you go there and you know I mean that was one of the things that I loved about when I applied like you know Margot and Peter who did the interviews and stuff with me I mean they've been here for 30 years and a lot of the other people have been coming here for a long time and Richard was here for 37 years and and you know this is a business especially my particular little area of the business where you know there's a lot of moving around and there's not a lot of loyalty and, and stuff like that so I really love that about that and as I said the, the live crowds are a big part and the weather you know it's 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 pretty tough to beat <laughs> and yeah. i feel like everybody's kind of you know thinks about oh yeah, yeah it's florida it's sunny but like yeah like in february when it's 70 degrees out it's 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 pretty damn nice but you know as far as the racing is concerned you know we've seen some really nice horses come through here and you know you get your chads and Todds and clements that'll send up some to prep and you know king's Barnes ran in i think his first race against winners here last year and uh you know so it's you know, I mean, Tapa Trice, I think, was one of the, the favorites going into the Kentucky Derby. And so we've had, you know, some nice horses come through. It's a great mix of, you know, the overnight – racing program i think is actually is is very very good the turf fields we tend to get a lot of nines tens and and, and more on those turf races and so far at least early in the year i mean there's a, a handful of 12s on on the dirt which are a little more rare to see especially with dirt racing so um you know point. with the, like i said with the purse enhancement i think we're seeing some new names uh, you know the florida bread enhancement is going to be kind of the one to watch because even the feature on on opening day it's like i think rohan Crichton and some others from Gulfstream are coming up you know they're going to run for fifty thousand plus for some of those allowances made in special weights it's not crazy to think that some people are going to drive up from Gulfstream to you know seemingly compete against maybe a little bit lesser quality field for the same or, or more money.
0: Let's talk about the wagering menu. I know there have yep. been some uh, some Amendments and some some new ideas that I want to give some publicity to on this show.
1: Yeah, they, uh, I mean, obviously the pick fives at 15%, I think, are, are always uh, one of the best bets to go to uh, the first race. And it's basically the first five and the last five. Um, I know there's no carryover in the early one, but there is in the late one. And so far, both years I've been here, I feel like we've had at least two or three of those late ones that have uh, carried. They did add a third pick four in the third race. So usually it's, we kind of follow a bit of the similar wagering pattern. A lot of tracks have kind of adopted, you know, where the first race is the pick pick five the second race is the pick four and then you know the last five and last four but uh i think naira added that race three pick four at some point and i and i think we're doing that and i think it's just because it's kind of the uh, maybe the weird way to say it but like it was kind of the naked race in terms of long term horizontals like the first second fourth fifth and sixth all had pick four or more sequences. And the third was just kind of left with a double and a, uh, and a pick three. So they, they've added that. Uh, I think pick fours are at 18%. Uh, you know, a lot of places I know they, the pick, you know, you have the low takeout pick five and the pick four jumps up to 24 or 25%. So I was glad that uh, the pick four stays uh, at, at 18. And um, I feel like those are the ones that are on the top of my head, Pete.
0: Oh, that's perfect. And and that's, I'm glad to point out those player friendly bets. I know there's meant to be a contest and we talked about this yes. off air. Don't have the details on that. We'll try to get those and I'll include them in the show notes or publicize it when that becomes official, uh, because that might be a good excuse. I'm really planning to get down there this winter. I've never gone for wonderful things. It's, and I think you characterized it perfectly in terms of just like the energy that's in the place. A lot of yeah. times I'll be doing my shift on sky and it'll, it, you know, a lot of American racetracks are TV studios. Uh, oh, for- buddy, I,
1: I went, I went, to, I won't name names, but I went to one or two this summer, and it was like it was me and fifteen people, and it, and it's not to denigrate them; they're running during the week, you know, yep. at a certain time, and sometimes in smaller population areas. But man, it just, it takes away so much of the excitement of the event. And, um, you know, our, our tracks actually not very big either. That's one of the things I really like about it is, you know, people, I have friends that come out for the first time. Oh, what do we need to see? I was like, it'll take you five minutes to see the whole place, like, you know, to do a lap and, and then find, you you know, so, you know, you don't get bombarded with this just kind of huge expanse of, of thing. And so I think that actually helps keep some of the atmosphere too, is everybody, you know, I mean, it's by no means overcrowded, but, um, I think everything is just kind of within reach. I mean, you can walk from your seats to the paddock in less than a minute, pretty much from anywhere in the facility.
0: That's unbelievable. And yeah, yeah. that's the note that I'll get from some of my hosts is like, "Wait a second, were you so you were used to these TV studio tracks? What's going on here? Yeah. Look at all these people looking to have a great time, and of course they're Brits too, so they see sunshine and they get very excited." And uh, <laughs> since they get so little of it for giant portions of the year, and I'm I'm always I'm I'm always saying like it's a place to consider visiting. I haven't done it yet, but it's on my yeah. list. Well, we're gonna we're gonna make that happen this year. Do you have a particular recommendation of a, if if I were to come for one weekend, what one would you recommend?
1: Oh man, uh, I would probably say Sam Davis ju- just because. It- Tampa Bay Derby is always going to be so busy right and there's there's just a lot going on and you know I'm a little grumpy in that sense big days sometimes end up not being the most fun I mean you know my I always joke my favorite day of the year is the Sunday after Tampa Bay Derby because it's like (laughs) pressure's gone like you just it's the, the most fun race calling for me is always like a random Thursday at Colonial or or a Sunday here but um I feel like Sam Davis is a good mix of like for some reason the Suncoast always seems to draw really really good three year old Philly names. I mean we've had Wonder Wheel, we had Julia Shining, um, the first year Nest would uh, ran in that race and won when I was here. So I always feel like that's a little bit of a low key race. I will say with if you do come for Tampa Bay Derby, you get spring training is going on. That's not Ooh. quite that's not quite started. And I mean I. The track is probably 20 minutes from the Yankees. I live, my house is 10 minutes from the Blue Jays, 15 minutes from the Phillies. And uh, I believe me, in March, I'm, I'm seeing as much uh, baseball as I can. And what's great is when the big league teams leave, then in April, the single A teams for those teams all play there, and they charge you like seven bucks to go. I, I probably so go cool. to 30 minor league games a summer oh, now. I'd be right there with you. Oh, it's man. so Ooh. fun.
0: I'm so glad you mentioned that. I kind of forgot.
1: that I feel like a host fail. I should have.
0: I should oh, have the spring that. the
1: spring training is is pretty great. And it, and unlike Arizona, I don't know why, but it, I feel like I have never had to like not be able to get tickets. I feel like when I went in Arizona, you had to get tickets in advance. And down here, I get tickets day of. And you know, I go down to the Pirates one in Bradenton. I've been to the Tigers one in Lakeland, and you you kind of get in no problem. And it's you know, and of course it's 75 80 degrees. It's it's tough to beat.
0: Now, if I ask you who your favorite team is, are you contractually obligated to say the Rays, or can you answer honestly?
1: No, I'm a diehard Seattle Mariners fan. I could, uh, yeah. I knew that. Which doesn't give me, I mean, nobody will be mad out there because we we'd never beat you, but we've still never been to a World Series.
0: Well, what what a fun what a fun group that you're going to have to follow though, this year. Oh,
1: that, yeah. They were fun. they were they were fun last year. I mean, they just kind of came up short and the, and the Rays are. Fun. I actually I live in Clearwater, so I go to St. Pete way more often than I go to Tampa for stuff. And so uh, I, I like going to the Rays and St. Pete it, for my money is more of a fun area. I'm not saying that because you're Pete, but um, <laughs> there's just there's there's more there's kind of just
0: well, I, go yeah I just
1: I like the restaurant scene down there better the the Dali Museum is down there which is really really fun
0: awesome yeah Man, we're, we're all kinds of great info yeah, yeah. a proper Tampa lifestyle
1: show at the, some the, point but the that's, the, that's P- a, P- the Pinellas big. County Chamber of Commerce is uh, is getting a big <laughs> plug here
0: <laughs> we'll get them as a sponsor next yeah. Um, I've kept you longer than I said I would, and we've got a lot to get to, but I can't let you leave until you give us the update on your own eponymous podcast, uh, what that's all about and where folks can find it. Because if you're listening to this show, you should probably be listening to Jason as well.
1: I feel like whenever I look up my show on iTunes, like the first thing, the two things suggested are, are the end of money or Steve Bick. And so I feel like we all just probably get recommended on to, uh, to each other. But yeah, we, we do shows uh, Monday, th- they air Monday through Thursday. They come out Sunday through Wednesday. It's a whole complicated schedule I've uh, I've done. But people like to listen at night. I don't know if you've had that same experience, but yep. for years I uploaded first thing in the morning and then I, like, I was like, well, you know, I'm out West and so we got to put people on, you know, and, and I started uploading, you know, in the evening and all of a sudden I'd wake up and they're be you know a third of our downloads already it's like oh well well hey now so yeah the jason beam horse racing podcast a little mix of guests you know a lot of the same stuff a lot of folks are doing and try to uh just uh, bring my point of view a lot of uh you know obviously behind the scenes race collar stuff and used to do a lot of gags and games and stuff but i've gotten old and bitter in my time
0: <laughs> yes the beamy awards are missed by many
1: yeah well yeah. I, I always joke if they come back it's because i need the money pete <laughs> <laughs> knock on wood so far we're all right
0: Thank you so much, buddy. We've got much more coming up, and uh, we'll get to it right now. But, Jason, really appreciate you, and and we'll talk soon. Anytime. Thank you. Up next on the show, we bring in the man that I always reach out to when it comes to the big days at Tampa. He's been an owner and a player there for many years. He is Double R, Rich Averill. How are things, buddy?
2: Everything is good. No complaints.
0: you pumped about this meat is this you get revved up for it
2: uh you know uh, not as much as i used to um but i think this meat has got a little bit extra flavor to it you know with the purse increase and uh so i think it i think it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a good meat so um, i'm supported tampa for quite a long time as a as an owner as a better and you know, finally, to finally see some real money there is, is encouraging. So hopefully, hopefully they'll allow me to get some of it.
0: <laughs> How many horses you have at the moment pointing for this meat specifically?
2: Uh, you know, every horse I have it could be potentially pointed to this meat. There's not a, you know, there are, there is some, you know, some dates and, and spots that are, um you know already are plotted out for for runners you know i would say you know i probably have you know at least 10 there currently on the grounds a couple at the farm they're going to come in soon and then a couple down at Gulfstream that are going to probably run one more time before you know the big boys come to town and then they'll and then they'll go there and then you know i have uh you know i got some solid uh you know, I got some solid horses with other trainers. So, uh, I've always supported the Tampa, the Tampa meet, and I've always supported them. So, um, you know, it's, it's an hour from my home. So I like to, I like to run there, have the family come and, um, my kids and and watch. So it's, uh, you know, my friends from all around. So it's a good, it's good. Been there, been there quite, quite a few times. Got my, got a, got a box right there on the finish line and so it's it's nice it's nice they treat me uh, they treat me very well at tampa it's
0: a track that even before the purse increases a lot of horsemen seem very very interested in running their horses there i don't know if it's if it's a fitness thing i mean obviously the quality of the turf course is famous but you know we've seen todd pletcher do this with certain well-regarded three-year-olds he'll skip races at Gulfstream and go to Tampa. Some of that might be avoiding his own horses, but I think some of it is he thinks that there's like fitness to be gained from running on the dirt there. What are your impressions as an owner and as a horse player just of the courses themselves?
2: Well I think uh both both surfaces are, you know, the some of the best, you know, in at in, in any track. I mean the 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 dirt course is is a deeper track. It's very friendly. Um it's uh horses i've 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 heard that you know horses that you know might might be a little sore that they you know they get on that track and it and it and then they get they get better you know as they go on um you know it's a very friendly friendly surface you know not meaning that they're maybe they were just not liking when i say sore maybe not like liking the track that they were on before sure so then like this more you know, sandy beachy um, dirt course. So it's, it's, it's definitely a very friendly, um, you know, very friendly course. You know, it's kind of like the old Calder. So a lot of people love to train there and there's been, you know, there's been trainers there and I know Tampa had to be careful about it, but people would love to come down and train at Tampa and get ready to go somewhere else. So, and you know, Tampa would, you know, they, they would only usually get away with that one time and then, you know management will be like, Look, you know, you didn't run enough. Sorry, you're out. You know, yeah, so the, I the, the mean, you got to support
0: the local racing if you're going to use the facilities. That's only logical. Right. And
2: then, uh, and then the turf course is, you know, that's their baby. They, they, they baby that thing as, as much as they can. Um, they don't, they don't tear it up. Um, you know, they, they've done a very, very good job with that. You know, they have their, you know, they only race from what now. Now, I mean, basically they're racing, you know, from you know, five months during the year. And, but they, you know, their superintendent there is there, you know, the whole time. So he does a really, really good job um, taking care of that thing. And, you know, it's, it's, it's with all these courses, at Churchill and uh, fairgrounds and Gulfstream. And, you know, you would think that, you know, all these people with all this money that they have, they, they could figure out how to have a real turf course. And somehow little old Tampa is, you know, one of the best and, and you look at that course tomorrow when they come around the first turn and it's sparkling and shiny and you know you can look at it you know in in, in may and it's right in our know, last day and it doesn't look the same but it don't look bad and I can right. tell you that yeah
0: the quality given how much they run on it it's it's very impressive whatever the whatever the secrets are uh to keeping it and maintaining it and you know you're not the only horseman who has these feelings for sure what do you think Are there particular tracks like that you notice over time where horses have form that they do or maybe the other direction that they do not do as well shipping into Tampa? Are there any particular things you look for in terms of clues as to horses that might particularly improve over the dirt and or turf at Tampa?
2: I don't think I think I think every horse likes the turf at Tampa. I don't think there's any I I don't. I don't think there's ever been a a horse that I said, well, you know, this horse doesn't like Tampa or, you know, whatever. um, As far as the turf course comes now dirt. Absolutely. There's horses that don't, they don't, they like it hard. They don't like it deep. They like it fast. So, I mean, I would think like, you know, California horses coming over, you know, totally different surface. They would not, you know, they would not like, you know, Tampa, but you know, on the other side, I think there's of all the tracks that I've handicapped, i think tampa is more you know of the horse for the course because it is definitely you you like it or you don't there's not usually a, you know there's not usually a, 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 a in between so i mean that's something that you definitely have to pay attention i mean there could be a horse with absolutely just terrible form and then they go and they, they get to Tampa. And then it's like, you know, there's that form again from a year ago. And, you know, people forgot about him for seven months. So um, interesting. I definitely, you know, that's definitely something that I, I look for is, you know, when I'm doing some handicap and you know, looking at things that, you know, how has this horse done over the, over the Tampa course.
0: That makes sense. We, we talk about, uh, we talk about, horse for course angles all the time. And you're referring particularly to the dirt. It feels like certain horses just get over it better and can find themselves on it. Turf sounds like, you know, form, your form is basically going to hold up a little bit more. Am I hearing that right?
2: Yeah, because the turf is, so, it's so well maintained. It's, it's in such good shape. Yeah. Everyone likes it, you know what I mean? And, and unless it's a stakes race, a big stakes race, and it, even at that, I mean, I, I you know they they don't they don't really run on it you know that's probably why it's so good but they they don't tear it up when it rains you know it, it they don't run on it and if it rains the day before they usually don't run on it you know or they might just run like the late you know the late card so um it, you know they they really take care of it so i mean it's in great shape so i mean you know why wouldn't you want to you know it's like like us do we want to go to a nice restaurant absolutely why wouldn't you want to run over the You know, turf course there—that's in just great shape. So, I feel like it's it, it it they they gotta love the way it feels on their feet. That let's put it that way.
0: What about biases? Do you typically see biases on either the dirt or turf there that you're sort of you know obviously it's a moving target, but do you expect certain things from either course?
2: So I would say on the turf because you know there's that shoot. And then you know it's just not the longest stretch on the turf because it's on the inside there. Um, I would say on the turf, you know, the biggest thing for me as far as biases go is is saving ground. Um, I I don't think you can lose a lot of ground um, on that on that turf course and still be able to to win. I mean, it's happened. Um, Obviously, I mean, I've seen some some really nice horses come through um you know tampa you know mostly from chad brown maidens and stuff like that that you know they get just an absolute wide brutal trip and then all of a sudden you know they're still a maiden and they leave and they go to keeneland or belmont or you know and then and you know they just whistle and then they turn into just you know unbelievable horse like domestic spending and uh what's the Philly that goes wire to wire that Chad had just ran in the breeder's cup. It didn't, didn't win in Italian. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, those are just some of the horses that, you know, either broke their maiden or, or just, you know, won an allowance race, you know, there, um, that, that just, you know, got bad trips. I put them in there or, or they just won unbelievable, and I was like, "Holy shit, I got to put this in my
0: stable." <laughs> Clearly, yeah. a guy to be paying attention to. We'll talk more specifically about trainers and jockeys a little bit later. But how about the dirt course and how that plays? Is it is it the typical modern U.S. track thing where you don't necessarily want to be right down on the inside, but you do want to be forward? Or does it play a little bit more friendly
2: to to, to closers? Yeah, typically, typically the track um you know it's 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 sloped and you know i don't know if that what that has to do with it or whatever but i i typically you don't want to be on the inside um and that's been that's been tampa motto for a long time so um i think i think that's the the biggest thing for me you know obviously it can change but you know you don't want to be down on the inside and then i've noticed you know some sometimes that you know, with the shorter stretch that, you know, you can sometimes make it a little bit earlier a move. So it's definitely, I mean, there's definitely like jockeys that, that have the knack of it. So like some of these, like there's a lot of new jockeys, a lot of new faces and it might take some of these people some time to figure out, you know, this track, but it's definitely, you know, I, I, I think that getting the jump, you know, like maybe starting your move a little bit into that turn, um, is 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 not not awful. And then sometimes like, you know, they've you know, right there on that last turn the kind of crown kinda falls off. And you know, you kinda wanna you don't obviously go over that crown, but you wanna kinda get going and and then you know just come down the middle there usually and you know, I think you wanna be, you know, three, four, five, six path, you know, coming down the stretch is, is is typically where you wanna where you wanna be. But there's, you know, there's there's some jockeys that you know, that it just it seems like that they're the same guys that usually, you know, they know all the little tricks and trades. And, you know, they're the ones that usually you want to, you know, you want to follow. We'll get to that list too. Yeah, the most I ever
0: played Tampa was during the pandemic. I was a very regular. I, I joke that uh, – not really joke. It's actually true. Richard Grunder was one of the voices that helped me get through the pandemic. And I did notice that you'd see a lot of t- – like deep closers that just couldn't quite get there so what you're saying makes sense to me that like even more than usual you're paying attention to the riders who know when and how to time that move and I don't know maybe it is the maybe it is the short the short stretch a lot of tracks that typically the rails bad you do see closers so it's interesting that it's campus sort of sits in between typically and of course you know pace can trump this it's not like what races can't fall apart but i think it's a smart way to be to be looking at things let's talk a little bit more about the the humans the connections that you have an eye on who what what let's start with your horses first of all who who are you using right now as as trainers and and what should our listeners and bettors know about your crew
2: so my Tampa trainer, uh, is, is Gerald Bennett. He's been the leading trainer there probably for, I don't know, the last five or six years. So, um, you know, we kind of been setting up for this, uh, you know, didn't have, a we had had an actual, to be honest, a horrible mammoth meet. So, um, you know, it just was going really bad. So we kind of just freshened some horses up and, um, you know, had some issues with the hissa of stuff. And, um, so we just like, you know, it just, just wasn't going for us very well. So we kind of just, uh, wrapped it up and took a break and, you know, Tampa started November. We just kind of freshed some of the horses and, you know, turned a couple out and gelded one. And just, so he's my guy there. And, uh, I mean, I got a few horses with, uh, Georgina Baxter that, you know, she probably won't ship up except for our Adios Jersey. She's going to run on the ninth at Tampa, I'm going to go for the three Pete in that race. Right. Um, but, uh, other than that, um, anything else I'll just send to, you know, to Bennett and he'll, he'll take care of them. Um, I got a couple with Wesley Ward, you know, they, they got a chance to, to maybe run down there if possible, but most likely just, uh, you know, Bennett will have everything for me. And then, you know, we're just, we're active claiming and, you know, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to try to have a fun meet, good meet, and uh, try to win. I don't think I'm going to try to go for the leading uh, owner title, but I, I, that was kind of in the plans the last couple of years. But I, I don't think I have it in me. It's just, just, just too much, too much crap. So
0: it's a lot of work and a lot of money for sure. Is Bennett? Do you consider him equally good, dirt and turf? Anything, anything folks should know about him from a horse playing point of view?
2: Um, you know he gets he gets the most out of the horse and you know he for whatever reason and i've always told him this he always you know looks to this meat you know he's he likes he'll set his horses up for this meat he'll you know run through their conditions in this meat late we'll run them right back you know for this meat and you know typically i'm like what are you doing like you you lose all your conditions and you know, you ran the shit out of these things, and now you got nothing. You got nothing left, and so that's typically why. I mean, everyone says Bennett can only win at Tampa. Well, and you know, that the reason is is that's where he wants to win. His house is there. You know, he lives there. Like that's what he wants. Like he, you know, he's got a whole little routine. He loves to, you know, he he sits in the box and watches the races, and then after he you know has a few beers, and then you know, <laughs> you know, go go, you know, go grab dinner. or you know go do the bowling game with his with his with his <laughs> buddies so for a guy that's you know in his mid-70s or late so he's you know he's uh, he, he sounds like one of us rich yeah i know i don't know how he does it and then they say he's <laughs> up like 4 a.m like jesus so i mean that's just what he you know that's what he does so you know it's good to see like with the purses and you know everything going up that he's gonna he should be able to you know make a little bit more money if but you know it's there's a lot there's some new faces and it's not going to be as easy as it, it has a bit, has, as it has been in the past
0: let's talk about some of those new faces who as a horse player now put your horse player hat on who are you looking to and saying hey this might be a trainer to follow at this meet
2: well i mean the obvious name is is Jamie Ness he's coming um with i believe 30 so i mean he was one of the leading trainers um, you know, he he was a Canterbury guy. I don't know if people; many people know, but he, like he was a Canterbury guy, and then he would come down to Tampa in the winter, and that's it's kind of where he got rolling. You know, he got some yeah. nice claims, and I mean, he you know he was at Tampa every year and support of the program, and then until he bought a farm and 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 went to to Maryland. You know, he was you know he was killing it. So, you know, anybody who knows Jamie Ness. I mean, you know, I know he comes from Canterbury, but I would say he did most of his damage and you know, his home track from where it got, I mean, he cut his, cut his teeth as far as like success, it would be, um, you know, Tampa. So he's back. Um, you know, obviously he left, you know, I think he left because of the money was, the, you know, the big, yeah. the big thing. And, um, so he went up there and he could run in all these different tracks and, you know, the money. So, I mean, he's going to be there. Um, I've heard he's got like, he's, there's an old, uh, he's got, someone said that, I don't know the guy and cause I don't really follow the mid Atlantic, um, circuit, but he has an assistant. Um, uh, he has an, he has an old, an old assistant that worked for him, uh, named Carlos. Uh, if I think of the name I'll, I'll, um, uh, I'll tell you the last name, but he, um, you know, he's supposedly, you know, he's coming, uh, Mack Robertson is coming. I think Jeff Engler from, 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 uh, like the Kentucky circuit is is coming, uh, Wayne Potts I believe is coming. Uh, so there's a bunch of people from Delaware. A lot of people that normally would stay up there. I think, um, you know, I think they're they're staying.
0: And that's a lot of people. I mean, they're they're not, they're not staying.
2: They're coming. You know, they're coming down.
0: So, yeah, I mean, it It sounds to me like you're going to be having a lot of people, a lot more competition in playing the claiming game, especially. But I mean, those are obviously all trainers who can train, you know, train a horse at, at various levels. But definitely a lot of names I associate with, you know, difficult people to compete with in the claiming game just because they 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 win a lot and their horses don't necessarily always train on without them. And, you know, it gets it. It it does sound like a little bit more of a of a challenge that, uh, you know, I knowing you, you'll be up for.
2: Yeah, no, there's, you know, you, it's, you know, people win because they're usually aggressive. So, you know, I mean, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta pay attention and, you know, just, just follow them and you'll see, you know, he's just pick, pick your spots and, and that's it. So, I mean, obviously if you try to be you know, really aggressive, you could get, you know, there's more people, more money and the purses. So there's gonna be more people playing the claiming game. So, you know, you don't want to, you know, you want to take chances, but you, you know, you might want to, not take too many too too good of a chance yeah you don't want to get caught your, you your pants down
0: <laughs> <laughs> no no we like to avoid that what about turf trainers specifically over the years maybe some people who horses as a horse player you give extra credit to over that over that tampa surface you know obviously you mentioned chad and some of the monsters he's debuted down there but but are there local trainers that you upgrade a little bit because of their affinity for the, that tampa turf
2: You know, uh, Tom Proctor did a very good job at Tampa. Uh, I don't know if he's coming back. I think he might have been here last year or the year. I'm not exactly sure, but he was always a guy that, you know, no matter what the form said, he'd come to Tampa, you know, he'd run over that turf course and his horse would do very well. So I, I, I didn't, I mean, I'm just looking at the entries for opening day. So I don't know, and I don't have the stall list. So he didn't give me very much uh, time to, to prep today. <laughs> Text me today, do a show today. So, um, but yeah, he, he's a guy that, that form doesn't usually matter. And, and his horses t- typically run very well on, on, on the turf. I wouldn't yep. say there's anybody. I mean, you know, obviously it's. I mean, because every every turf race that's not a claimer, you know, that's like main special. Aid, if if it's a main special allowance, a two x, like it's Chad's in it. Clamont's in it, Motts in it, you know, or Pletcher, like you know Graham Motion, I think Graham Motion actually has stalls at Tampa, so you know he he he's he's a guy you know you can watch out for because he's just gonna you know it does mean something when you can just take your horse out of the stall and just move him right over and just right yeah. to the starting gate, you know it you know I don't care what anybody says it 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 does make a difference now, it might not make a difference on whether you win or lose, you know, like you might still be the best. But you know, it, it it definitely you know could you know you get beat a you know you get beat a nose and you know, and you had to ship that morning. I mean, you know, it, it it could it could be the difference. You know,
0: I agree. I agree. It's not a factor that's going to supersede the fundamentals of handicapping. It's not going to make a slower horse beat a faster horse too often but like you say in a game where you know millions are decided by inches every little bit helps and that idea of being able to walk over from the stall has I think got to be considered a positive and especially you know a trainer I mean motion's just a perfect example somebody who has this rep already I mean you obviously can train dirt horses too but you think of him and moving horses up on the turf and and being local to there that's uh that's definitely a name to look out for. Let's go back to the uh, rider Mike, discussion. Oh, you go ahead. Mike
2: Mike, Mike Deaney's a guy that too is sneaky good on the grass at, yeah. at Tampa. He's a local guy, so you know he's not, you know, huge as percentage, you know, he's probably, you know, a 10 to you know 12, 13% trainer. He he, you know, he'll run some horses that you know, you, got, you watch it for him, like he'll run a horse at Monmouth or Meadowlands or New York, like on the dirt, this, that, and then set him up for, you know, this, you know, maiden 16 turf race at Tampa, or, you know, what I mean, or, or whatever. So he's a guy that he, that, you know, a horse that doesn't look like he has form, but he does vit- I would bet I would bet Deanie on the turf before you know before I bet him on a race on the dirt. So
0: interesting. No, that's exactly what we're looking for. Let's talk about riders. Who do you like to use the most, and who are some of those riders who you think have that knack, particularly on that dirt course, to maybe make that move a little bit earlier and get in contention and give their horses the best chance to win.
2: So he's getting a little older, and you know, and. I always I always thought that Sentino did a great job of making that early move to where he just went and and made you know and kind of just like broke their heart and just kept going and and you know made that move and went past and then you know kind of was a strong finisher that can kind of you know hold on. So I was always was always a big I was always a big fan of his like I said he hasn't done as as, as well Of late. I mean, usually, you know, typically, I mean, Mike Moran, who, uh, you know, brother is Corey Moran, who's Corey's uh, Paco Lopez's agent, but Mike Moran, you know, he's been there forever. He typically, you know, runs the jocks room, not, I mean, you know, runs the, the entry. Like he just, Whoever he has, he he typically is the like the leading rider, and I'm not saying that he's got the leading rider because they're the best rider, but I just think he does. You know, he has all the business. So I mean, like when Gallardo was the leading rider forever and ever and ever, who was his agent? Mike Moran. You know, now Sammy Camacho is the leading rider. Who's his agent? Mike Moran. So like it's you know typically it's the agents, but you know he's gonna have his he's gonna have his work cut out for him because. know he's got you know he's got guys like uh you know michael sanchez who's one of the leading riders at parks you know he's coming in um and you know scotty silver a good friend of mine he's Mm -hmm. he's his agent so they're gonna ride uh they're gonna ride monday tuesday wednesday at parks and then they're gonna ride at tampa friday saturday sunday so um that's that's their schedule you know and he's a he's a good rider i mean he was Mike Sanchez was one of the up and coming guys like before he got in that trouble with that betting and stuff. So, I mean, for him to get back, I believe everyone deserves a second chance, and sure. for him to come back and and you know he's doing well. You know, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be a force to reckon with. And then you got like you know Carol Cedeno. She's a leading rider at at uh, at Delaware. You know she's she she does she does a good job. Um, she's got another, you know, another friend of mine, Mark Mace, you know, he used to, he was around Tampa for a while. He had Rosemary Holmeister when she was there. Yeah. Um, he's actually the one that got her to go there and, you know, kind of resurrected her career. Um, she was at Gulfstream and struggling. He's like, man, let's go to Tampa. And and, and they did, they did very well. So he's, he's there. He's got uh, a guy, I think Kevin Gomez and, and Carol Sedano. So he's got those two. So, I mean, you know, there's going to be, you know, then you got, you know, you got Gallardo and then you got, you know, Pablo Morales. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be, it it's going to be interesting. I mean, Tampa notoriously to me has had one or two good jocks and then a lot of bad jocks. Um, you know, they oh, and it, it's, it's just, it's, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be fun to, you know, cause you hate to have the best horse and get a shit ride and then, you know, and then you lose. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, what you got Hector Hector Diaz. He's a good rider. He's rode for Chad Brown in the past. So he's uh his agent, uh Bryce has got Edwin Gonzalez down in Gulfstream. So I think, you know, uh Diaz is gonna be at Tampa as well. So I mean there's you know, there's seven or seven eight capable riders, you know, that that uh you know, Paula Bacon, I believe she's gonna have uh you know she was Paula Bacon was one of the, the you know leading riders at Tampa for a while you know one of the really good girl riders in the in, you know in the history of the game and she she you know now she's an agent and she's uh, she's got Pablo Morales and she's got Antonio Gallardo and so i mean to me Pablo Morales is one of the best turf riders there. Like, I don't, you know, uh, you know, that's somebody that he'll get a long shot in or, hit, you know, he, 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 always uh, he, for the most part, you know, gives, gives you a shot. And so, I mean, that's, that's somebody that I like to use on the turf mm-hmm. or bet on the turf, you know, as uh, you know, Pablo Morales. I mean, you know, he might not be in the lead, you know, when you people look at the leading jockeys and riders and this and that, I mean, he doesn't ride, you know, a, a shit ton, but he, he definitely, you know, I would use him on anything on the turf.
0: This is great info. I want to talk to you a little bit about the racing experience there, because a lot of people, maybe even including me, are going to be making their uh, the trips, planning racing trips to Tampa. It's such a well-regarded um, facility in terms of, you know, the show that they put on. Where do you where are your favorite places to hang out? We'll do, you know, a couple at the track places to hang. I, I assume you have a box, but like advice you give to people coming down, and then maybe we'll talk a little bit about what else is in the area and some uh, restaurants and bars people might want to check out.
2: So, so at the track, um, yeah, I do have a box. So, um, so that's where I sit. Now there is a lot of boxes and they're not all sold out. So like on an average day you could go to the lady and ask, you know, for a box. And then they'll sell, like, they'll sell people's boxes for the day. Um, you know, or you can just, above the boxes is the grandstand. So, like, you could just sit outside. They have those, you know, the big fans up top. And, you know, so it's it's in the shade. So, you know, you can just sit in the grandstands if you want. It, it, it's a track that is, it's it's right on you. Like, it's nothing's, like, far away. Like, the apron is not is not very big, you know, it's, so it's like my box, the winner's circle, it's like, it's all right there, you know, the track that it's all just right there. So, I mean, it, uh, that would be my suggestion, you know, on a big day, you probably got no shot because on the big <laughs> days they're like, are you coming? Can we have your box? You know? So yes. it, it, it's, it's, it, it's tough on the big days, but just you know, on a normal day, if the weather's good, I mean, there'll, there'll be a lot of people there. They have a good, good on-track handle. People come, you know, just bring their chairs or, you know, sit on the sit on the benches out there. Um, it, it's, it's a good, like it, it's like I said, everything is right there on you. Um, they have these new like underneath. So underneath the the boxes are on the second floor, by the way, they have these new, uh, things that are, out like underneath the box underneath like our box like the boxes overhang and then underneath them they're like i don't know they're like it's like almost like a uh, like a tailgate thing almost it's just like like an outdoor like uh like canopy thing that you know there's chairs and i guess you get waitress service so there's i think there's like I don't know, maybe like eight or nine of those. I don't know. You have to ask Margo, but there's, there's, oh, so there's, there, there are those things that you have right there that are like right underneath. And then I I read something. I haven't been there obviously, because tomorrow's opening day, but they have these three new champions suites, I guess. And they named them after, I believe street sense, um, not surprising. And I believe tepid. I think there's three uh, yeah. of them and, uh, they're all three horses that ran at Tampa that were, you know, eclipse champions, I believe. So uh, I don't know what those are all about, but there's supposedly there's those, there's those three things. Um, they do have a really nice room just past the uh, finish line, um, that I rent out you know, once a year, bring all my friends and family, you know, have a big party. Um, so that, that's, a, that's something that like, if you have like, a want to do like a corporate event or something that, you know, you could do, um, that's really, really nice. You got your own, you can get your own teller in there. They got, you get your own bartender. There's tables inside, there's tables outside under the cover. They can do a buffet and then the railing, there's like a big apron. You can walk right down to that. So there's that, there's also right on the turn. There's, a, I think it's called the Stella Suite. So that's like a, something you could rent out too, uh, with the corporate this and that. I mean, they have the insert, They have you know the, you know the, they have the club area right on the turn. But I don't really, you know, I don't really go there because, like I said, it, it's such a the track is so, you know, right. Like I said, right. right on, it's just right on everything. You know, like everyone's right. So it's really there, old school. Right? Old yeah, school, yeah. very
0: charming. You know, remind when you're describing it. I'm almost thinking of like, you know, the difference between going to like, uh, you know, like a modern a modern sporting venue or going to like a Fenway Park almost or something where you're just like in the action
2: because you're. So yeah, it's definitely old. It's definitely older. You know, old school, whatever. But I would say, I mean, obviously, I haven't been to every track, but I would say. I mean, Saratoga is pretty close to the action too. If you got one in first yes. box in Saratoga, I mean, there's not a lot of room bef- between like that and the apron, um, but it's not, I mean, I feel, it's been a while since I've been a Mama. I mean, like if I, if I recall mama's like way off, um, uh, you know, I mean, Gulfstream is, you know, it, Gulfstream is, it, it's off. I mean, they have this grandstands in front, but see like our grandstand, it's like basically, my front row seat in my box. And then it's, it's, it's literally, there's nothing in front of it, just the apron. And then that, you know what I mean? So like golf stream, if you were, you know, inside, you would have the steps and then the thing. So, I mean, I just, I just feel like it's just right. Everything's right on you. And it's just, it's a, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool. Where do we one.
0: go? Where do we go after we, you know, cash all our tickets? Where do you celebrate near, uh, near, near Tampa? What what are the the dinner spots and the bars that you like?
2: You know, I my nightlife in Tampa is 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 not as not as glamorous. You go home? As it is that what you're telling me? No, it's not as glamorous as it used to be. I mean, usually, so like usually, like right after, like after the races, we just go right on the second floor. Um, Legends, it's a bar, a um, bunch of TV tables. You know, you watch. So I would say – usually we just we go in there and you know have a couple drinks and 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 this and that and then I mean i mean there you know sometimes just uh, right uh when you when if you drive out of the track and go left towards hillsboro um which would be i don't know uh south maybe um mm-hmm. uh, right right before right right almost right after you when you turn left you go by the driving range there's a the tampa bay brewing company that's a good spot they got a bunch of different beers um, they, 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 you know, it's a brewery, they do their own thing there. They got, you know, decent food. So, I mean, typically, I mean, uh, like I said, I might go there or, you know, just, you know, have something, you know, at the legends or whatever. I mean, just some drinks and this and that, but, you know, it's like an hour drive for me. So I try not to get, yep. you know, too, too, uh too toasted but you gotta behave I mean, you gotta so behave. it's either there or, or, or the hard rock so that's those will be my, that's my spot probably i would say i would say i'm going to be going to the hard rock quite a bit
0: <laughs> what what's the story you you know you have me very intrigued with this brewery do they have some crown royal on in the bottle there for you to drink
2: they do have obviously you know i'm not going anywhere you know i'm not going anywhere without crown royal <laughs> We gotta yeah, get that have, you know They do have like you know uh, forty different beers. I'm I'm sure that you, and then you will try every single one of them. <laughs> hey, I'm not driving. I'm a, I'm allowed. So it's yeah. It's okay. yeah I know. I know. <laughs> and I don't typic- I, I typically don't drink like during the races. So I just let yeah. you know like it, it, it. I I mean I might three or four o'clock might have one, but you know typically I'm not. Uh, I'm not a drinker at the races, so after have a couple, and then mosey on home, or like I said, and a, the hard rock's getting the hard rock's getting craps on the craps on the craps and roulette on the seventh, so um I'm sure there's gonna be plenty of plenty of uh days that you know the track leads to the casino and
0: yeah. It sounds like a blast, to be honest. And I definitely, the more we talk, the more I want to get down there this year.
1: One question I should I mean, ask you: a, you know, they have the,
2: you know, not too far is the International Mall. Uh, so, I mean, if, you know, people that that's the place you could stay. It's right by the airport. There's a bunch of hotels. I mean, there's, there's hotels right by and there is some local places, but like, if I, you know, I mean, that's a good area that, you know, there's the Capitol grill, there's a Rocco's tacos, which is a great Mexican place. Um, There's a place called ocean prime. There's a Ruth Chris, like there's a bunch of restaurants right there. And that international mall has got everything. I mean, any designer, whatever, you know, like, so somebody comes to their wife or, you know, whatever you can walk around there shop, but there's, I mean, it's got, you know, Every, every shop you could possibly ever want there. So that's a, that's a, that's a big mall. So, and that's literally like two minutes from the airport. It's so like you fly in, stay there. It's probably 20, 15, 20 minutes to Tampa, you know, Uber or whatever. So like, that's a good little area that, you know, you could go to.
0: Have we gotten word about the handicapping contest yet? Do we know exactly when that's going to be, or is that a Margo question?
2: you know she told me and i it, i have a i have a conflict so i don't Whoa. know i don't i don't know if she said she said it's not set in stone that, that possibly it possibly could get moved but she gotcha. was trying to do it to where it was like the last chance before the nhc so gotcha. that was so that like she would get a big turnout. So yeah. I guess if you see when the NHC is the weekend before is what I think she had in mind.
0: I'll get more details. We'll share that elsewhere in the show. I did have one other wagering question that I want to hit you up for maybe an opening day spot play, and then I'll let you get out of here. But the other wagering question is, what pools are you most active in? Is there a particular bet or wager at Tampa that you like, or are you just all over the place?
2: I like to play the pick fives. Um, so that's that's typically – typically what i i like to do pick fives and pick fours so i usually like to try to find one horse that i like a lot and kind of play it around that um but i don't really i mean the pick six I, i've told the management forever and ever they need to seed it and they you know they just don't so i don't know why i mean if they started it with a fifty thousand, i even told them i'd do it you know i said hey let, let, i'll seed it and then you know, so, you know i get you give me a percentage or whatever and then if, yeah. it, if it hits i pay it if it don't you know whatever but um i just think that if you once because once they get it going it, it, it's fun bet so i like to play the pick six there um because you know crazy shit can happen so uh, so I, all I want, kinds of
0: horizontals that's your seems like your go-to or your your, your main move
2: yeah yeah i mean it's just because it's just the most bang for your buck. And, you know, you don't have to play every race. And, you know, I just, I I believe sometimes, you you know, you just can't handicap it. You can't handicap every race. So I like to, I like to, I like to single in on something and then push the all button every once in a while Mm. and, uh, you know, mix it around. So that's, that's what I like to do. Um, But, you know, if I, if I like a horse, you know, I'm going to hammer it. I like, you know, I'm going to bet him to win.
0: Speaking of liking horses, did you have a chance to look at this opening day card? This show's obviously meant to be evergreen, but as a little Easter egg for those early birds listening to this straight away, you have something or or, or two for us on opening day?
2: Yeah, I mean, I loved, I didn't really, didn't really like a whole lot. Uh, I thought maybe in the first race, I mean, I, I didn't, what I like is not like, there's not a whole lot of value. I thought in the first race that the the three horse was getting blinkers and dropping from maiden special weight so you know I the horse in for sixteen so I mean I I mean that that horse looks that horse looks you know pretty tough in in that in that race there um uh, I mean once again I'm not inventing any anything ridiculous and and yeah. in, the, in, in the fifth race the two like sources. You know, it's is a beaten nickel race. I mean, this horse just got beat, cutting back. I mean, that horse is going to be, you know, that horse is going to be pretty tough. Uh, you know, I mean, Ness has got, uh, you know, he's got a horse he claimed for 45 in the sixth race. He's running it for 25. I mean, I, mean, it, I doubt anybody claims a horse. But, I mean, that, I mean, that horse is, you know, that horse is probably... That horse is probably a lock. I got one in the eighth race. I don't know. I don't trust the horse. Really. This just hasn't done much. I think the 10 is the horse to beat in, in the eighth race. I would say the only, the only horse that I, that I think, you know, that has a little bit of value would be in the ninth race. Um, the two horse, uh, this horse has never seen 16,000. Um, so, I, think, I don't even think the horse has to improve. I don't know who this J. Morales guy is, but um, you know this this horse has never even come close to seeing, uh, you know, sixteen thousand. So I mean that they're, maybe they're trying to get this horse eligible for the sixteen starters. I, I don't know, but I mean if you look at the races, this horse is running stake two other than stake two other than ran for fi I mean last time a horse ran for a claim was for fifty thousand. The horse won easy. Right churchill so i mean that was with new low
0: levels that new low level can be a very powerful uh, yeah i mean man. they
2: ran the horse in the united nations and 2x 2x the horse ran second in mama than a 2x runs yeah. that race i mean this horse is gonna win for fun
0: yeah it's over <laughs> well great stuff rich really appreciate you taking the time today and looking forward to chatting for you more now that we have tampa on board as official partners also largely thanks to you appreciate it very much and uh Go get them out there. Have a great day tomorrow. Get up, get the meet off to a good start, and we'll, we'll check in
2: soon. All right, buddy. Thanks.
0: Last but not least, we bring in a returning guest, a man known for his statistical acumen, both for the work that he did in the real world and then for his passion projects, which include racingflow.com, also Thoroughpace. We're going to be talking a bit about Thoroughpace in this show. Very happy to welcome in my friend. Jake Jacobs. Jake,
3: what's going on? Pete, it's wonderful to talk to you again. Been a busy time here. Moved from the uh, summer home in Michigan back to uh, D.C. And despite the fact that I grew up not too far from the Brooklyn bunker, uh, I'm becoming, it <laughs> must be age, I'm becoming a country boy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I'm a country just, boy. The... Just takes a trip around the, the D.C. beltway to make me want to go back.
0: I believe it. I had a two hour drive. We're doing the show here from uh, from my mom's house, headed out for Thanksgiving early. It took two plus hours to get here. And it my brain hasn't been hasn't been the same. Uh,
3: I, since. I took a call coming in. The drive, if you time it right, uh, uh, between North Michigan and D.C. is about 10 and a half, 11 hours. Uh, and the, it's 700 miles. Uh, the first 630 miles took nine and a half hours and the the remainder of the trip took two and a half hours. Yeah, you know,
0: lovely, lovely yeah. stuff. But we're here yeah. today to talk about happier things. Tampa Bay, yeah, right. I thought of you for this because by a, a wonderful little bit of serendipity, you've just posted on the Thorough Pace website. And I'll include links both to this very specific trainer report that you did Tampa Bay, but also so folks can sign up for a free Thorough Pace account, which is uh, a, a really cool new Pace project that you and uh, our friend, mutual friend Tyler Wisman have been working on. I'll conclude those both in the show notes, but I really just wanted you to talk through what stood out to you in putting this report together and who some of the trainers might be that you, from your statistical point of view, are going to be having your eyes
3: on this upcoming meet? Well, um, I, I'm no expert on the uh, on the Tampa meet. I've been there. I like it there. Um, um, I, think, I think it's great racing. I think it's very good turf racing. And um, um, uh, this is a report that we put out for both Saratoga and uh, the Del Mar meet. Uh, excuse me, The uh, yeah, the Delmar meet this uh, summer that was fairly popular. Only a few hours work to throw it together since the hard work putting the database together has been there for a while. And um, uh, as you know, I've written a lot of software to generate horses, not necessarily to bet, but to look at. So my computer scours the daily racing form and throws me out a dozen or so horses to look out each day. And I use uh, trainer stats, not as a primary uh, tool, but as a tool to say, eh, th- this, this, com- this doesn't work for this trainer or this combination of trainer and jock. And, uh, and I could be very selective because I look at every racetrack in the country, at least my computer does. Uh, I can be pretty selective out of those uh, 20 plays or dozen plays. I might play half. And this is one of the things I use is just uh, to put a line through um, runners. So um, as you're probably aware, uh, uh, there are this usual uh, suspects. Gerald Bennett starts twice as many horses as anybody else down there. Kathleen O'Connell and Mike Dinney are the others that have had more than uh, 500 starters over the last five meets. Uh, and this report only takes a look at, uh, the, I believe it's 34 trainers that have started at least, uh, 250 horses there. So an average of five a year over the last several years. Um, and what we look at is basically, uh, different, uh, combinations, um, uh, uh, or, or situations and who does well and who does not do well, um, if you want to go into a, a few examples, if you take a look at horses, uh, runners that showed speed in their last race or led at the halfway point in their last race, Delaclure and Sweezy are just phenomenal with, uh, win ROIs of about, uh, uh over $3 a piece. Um, um. An interesting thing that I never thought of before, but um, there were two pretty prominent trainers there, Sweezy, Kent Sweezy, and Luis uh, Dominguez. Uh, looking at runners going from dirt to turf, Dominguez is 0 for 35 over the last five years. Going from turf to dirt, he's 20% with a win ROI, $2 win ROI of $7.
0: That's fascinating.
3: That's fascinating. Opposite with uh Ken Sweezy, who would be in the same uh, he goes uh, dirt to turf, and while the percentage is not that high, it's about 16 percent, uh, the win ROI is over uh, three dollars and fifty cents. When Sweezy goes from turf to dirt, 22 starters, he has a win, it paid four dollars.
0: That's so funny, Jake, because one of the things we did, you haven't heard the show up to this point but I the body of the show was with our pal who's a, a an owner and a big horse player Rich Averill who's one of the uh-huh. has a lot of horses with Bennett and, and and runs at Tampa a lot and I was asking him these type of questions more anecdotally and one of the ones he came up with just anecdotally was Sweezy with a horse that's been running on dirt getting back onto the Tampa turf it's always fun when the narrative and the numbers match up like those do.
3: well that's cool now I have to listen to the whole show.
0: <laughs> well, you, you like you weren't going to it. Don't you listen to? Yeah, all my I've spent
3: so much time in the automobile the last couple of days. God bless podcasts in general. <laughs> you know, it's a, either you or AM radio. You know,
0: <laughs> if I can't beat AM radio at that's this, that's right. You got to get out of the game. Yeah, I might. That might be it for me. That might be yeah. it for me. Take us through. That's a great example. Take us through some of the other the other highlights and interesting things you found. I mean, in truth, the report does such a good job highlighting the positives. I'm almost I'm almost tempted to be cheeky and ask you to, to focus on on some of the negatives here. Well, but-
3: yeah, the report was to say these are historically good angles, and we have to say what the uh, you know what they say in the finance business is future uh, you know, past performance is not indicative. Um, but, um, I'm always interested in taking a look at stats of runners coming back fairly quickly. And this, in this day and age, fairly quickly is within four weeks or so. (laughs) It's true, but it's (laughs) not the game that I grew up on where you saw the same runners every Saturday. Um, but, um, if you take a look at, uh, three of the more prominent trainers there, Caraval, uh, Delacour, Machado. Uh, these guys, in uh, if the horse is coming back within 30 days and going the same distance, he has a $3.30 ROI. Caraval has, uh, uh, has a $4 uh, ROI. Uh, uh, if you look at horses that are uh, uh, on the other side, uh, both John Pimentel uh, is has a 29 cent ROI for 50 or 60 runners. Uh, Derek Ryan, and again, this is what I use, built this these numbers into my, I might like seven different things about Derek Ryan, but when I find out that he's coming back in two or three weeks and I know that his win ROI is 69 cents, that's enough for me to basically put a line through the horse. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, you use proprietary software to do that, to do this. Um, I'm the software geek. I'm, I'm, I'm the guy writing it.
1: So by the way, if
3: anybody, uh, listening to this takes a look at the report and has specific questions. It may take a while to get back, but uh, this is just like other people, write Write novels. I write soft read novels. I write software. Uh, so if you have a question, uh, I guess the best way would be, well, you can contact us through the website or you could just send an email. It's I-N-F-O, info, short for information, at ThoroughPace.com. Great.
0: No, that right. I bet people will take advantage. I mean, one commercial way you can do this and load angles that will pre-populate is the RaceLens software we, we've mm-hmm. talked about on uh, on other shows. But it, it, I like what you're The simplicity of what you're describing is interesting. Do you think you may have a commercial application of it at some point? Uh,
3: Yeah. I mean, all software is, you know, when you write programs like this, it's always in development to some extent. Uh, I've based it on races run uh, for three calendar years. Um, uh, Six months has passed since then. I just want to make sure it holds up um uh, uh for a fourth year. Yeah. And and if that's successful, then probably through the Thoroughpace website we'll figure it out a way to make it uh available to people who are interested. I mean, I write this software for me. Yep. You know, not not to be in business from uh uh of selling it, but um if it has an application, you'll be the first to know. I love it. Did you notice
0: anything else? Since it's you, I feel like I have to ask you specifically about pace. Were there any other pace specific things that you found while going over the the trainer data that that caught your eye?
3: Uh, I'm going to just answer no, because uh, it's this, you know, as you know, from racing flow, we identify horses that have been previously compromised by pace and we expanded that to thorough pace. Uh, to not only, uh, look at those same horses who are predicted, uh, to get a better pace set up today. And that's, I was going to say 90% of my place. That's a hundred percent of my place. Yeah, meet right. that, uh, those, those criteria. Uh, and all I can tell you is that maybe it's the configuration, but the, uh, statistical, uh, relationship between, uh, uh early pace, late pace, and where the winners come from is much stronger at Tampa than it is at a lot of different racetracks. Uh, Explain what that
0: that. means a little bit more.
3: Uh, We look at the time of each fraction and how much closing occurs in every race. And um, um, some race courses, uh, this worked better at than others. Actually, the strongest numbers we have are on bull rings or the old uh, aqueduct inner track, where mm-hmm. you have very tight turns. And that's just because there's more variation. Uh, if you look at a, a, a mile and an eighth race on the dirt at Belmont, uh, there's not that much separation between the runners on the backstretch. If you consider a race on a fairly tight turn track, uh, the outside horses have no no. Uh, chance if they stay wide. So they have to save ground, which means they're going to fall further behind the winners. So uh, so that's why our, our numbers typically are stronger, or we can predict better um, the outcome of races based on pace when the turns are tight. That's why our numbers are stronger on turf racing, mostly than dirt racing, because at most race courses, uh, the turf, in the U.S. the turf course is inside of the uh, uh, the dirt course. The opposite's true at Woodbine, where the turf is outside. There, the ty- you know, the inner turf is great uh, for us. But um, um, uh, so anyway, uh, uh, Tampa's a a good source for our pace handicapping. But this particular report is not based on uh, pace handicapping at all.
0: One other thing I want to talk to you about before I let you get out of here is jockeys. I do know you you ran a a pretty cool report um, looking at trainer-jockey combinations. You know, as we talked about in the previous segment with – rich that can change because you know of agents and things like that so sure. you know you don't you got to use some real logic to where this stuff might go forward but i, I still thought there was some interesting data here what was some, something that stood out to you as far as jockey and trainers oh, Well,
3: arnett Arn, john arnett is a is a very successful uh trainer at least down at During the Tampa meet, he puts uh, Wilmer Garcia on a horse and uh, he gets 20 percent wins and you double your money blind betting on the last five years. He puts other comp equally competent. I'm not I'm not don't consider myself the judge of competency of riders very much. But Antonio Galago, uh, Hector Diaz, uh, these guys have uh, for our net have ROIs of 60, 70 percent. Uh, when they're on Arnett horses. So it, it seems that Wilmer's getting the best of them.
0: That's interesting. Uh, uh,
3: the, the the top stats that I've seen, also Darian Rodriguez, when he uses Sammy Camacho or Castanon, uh, just uh, more than a 50% profit out there. So uh, those are the types of things. They won't by themselves make me uh, a bet, but uh, they're a filter. Uh, for my software. So if I have a horse that maybe I want to bet $20 wouldn't place on, that's uh, a John Arnett horse. And uh, he switches from another rider to Wilmer Garcia. That bet just got bigger.
0: Yep. Well, I, thought, I mean, the way you look at the world makes an awful lot of sense to me using stats to filter not to replace the fundaments of, of handicapping. Yeah, you, still and then
3: have, you still have to handicap, you know, <laughs> There's no successful thing as one variable handicapping, I know.
0: Jake, appreciate you coming on, man. I'm going to let you let you get going, get the show out in the ether with uh, opening day tomorrow. But I'll encourage folks to check it out. Again, the link will be in the show notes, or you can just go to the Thorapace website. You'll see the button right there on the screen to get to the Tampa trainer report. It's a It's a page worth bookmarking, and make sure to sign up for your free ThoroughPace account as well. We'll have you back on for a longer visit soon, my friend.
3: You got it. Thank you, Pete. Have a good day.
0: Thanks to Jake once again. Thanks to Rich and Jason as well. Margo Flynn at Tampa. Great to be working with Tampa Bay Downs. Really appreciate their support coming on board. And as we always like to say, thanks most of all goes to you, the listeners, for making these shows so much fun to do. This show's been a production of In The Money Media. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatal. May you win all your photos. Remind folks about the RTIP conference coming up December 4th through 6th out in Tucson, Arizona. This is going to be one of the events of the year for people in the industry. Some great panels, and they're on the cutting edge of what's going on here, talking about CAWs with one of the top CAW players, no, usually a pretty secretive bunch, Don Johnson, going to be on one of the panels. That's going to be great. Looking at category one rules topic that I know is of great interest to people as well. It's also just an amazing networking event. We're going to eat some tacos. We're going to have some fun. Come join us in com slash RTIP.